0: Hey, everybody, this is After the Game, a conversation with my dad, episode uh, number 18 as we jump into the Utah Jazz and a sad night for the Utah Jazz as they lose the series to the Clippers 4-2. to This is Barry, and tonight we have a very special guest on this uh, episode of After the Game, the one, the only, Stockton. Stockton, how you doing?
1: Hey, what's going on, Pops? Thanks for that. I'm doing great, but also sad uh, considering the loss tonight. Just to give a quick intro really quick, so any of you are wondering, yes, my name is Stockton, and yes, I was named after John Stockton, so that should uh, definitely confirm how big of a fan my dad is, um, and also us as a family. Um, 28, just moved here to Salt Lake City, living pretty close to uh, the Vivint Arena, and um yeah this was a this was a tough night for jazz fans definitely sad and uh, a lot of things to be frustrated about but what are your initial thoughts
0: you know uh, a lot of emotion a lot of emotion we'll run through some statistics that um, will you know speak volumes about tonight's loss uh, have to give a lot of credit to the Utah Jazz for having an incredible season 52 and 20 in a 72-game season, 10 games shorter than usual, Um, number one seed moving through the first round of the playoffs against uh, a really hungry Memphis Grizzlies team, going up 2-0 to the Clippers, uh, a team that's really built for a championship with uh, some Hall of Famers, and then losing four in a row. So I believe this is the first time all season the Jazz have lost four in a row. I, I don't think they'd actually lost three in a row. When you were up 2-0, you're thinking, hmm, we can get this one and move on to the next round, which is the Western Conference Finals. And even deeper than that, when you're up by 22 points at halftime, you think you're on your way to a victory. And then one of the greatest comebacks in NBA playoff history just took place at the Staples Center.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Uh, Definitely one of the greatest in history. And, you know, watching the game, you know, from the second quarter into the third quarter, when the Jazz did pull that big lead, you get excited about it. But at the same time, you know, it's playoff basketball and you know that comebacks are definitely in the realm of possibility. And you just kind of felt that even though you want to have confidence in your team. And unfortunately, the the worst case scenario happened and, and the Clippers did pull that comeback. Um, but the first quarter, though, I thought was similar to the, the, the previous game. Both teams came out uh, playing pretty fast basketball, moving up and down the court really quickly. Um, there wasn't a huge lead. I think the first quarter there was um, eight lead turnovers, um, which is pretty interesting. So it's a close game. Then obviously, you know, the second quarter, the Jazz pulled ahead uh, with, with a lot of confidence going into halftime. And then um, great. Peak start to the third quarter coming out of halftime and then just kind of downhill from there. Um, definitely some key players stepped up to the plate for the Clippers. I don't know. You want to, you want to touch on some of them and, and, and what they accomplished?
0: Yeah. A little bit about what you just said, which is so on target 33, uh, 31 after the first quarter and very similar to uh, some of the other first quarters in this series. And then the jazz busted wide open outscoring the Clippers 39-19 in the second quarter, which put them up by 22 overall. And then the wheels, the engine, every part of the car fell apart. And the Clippers scored 81 points in the second half, not 41, not 51, not 61, not even 71, 81 points in the second half. And one of the largest second-half performances in NBA playoff history. This is the biggest comeback, 25 points, in 25 years of NBA playoffs. For a quarter century, no other team has come back in a playoff game down 25 points. The nearest comeback was 19 over the last quarter of a century. You have to give it to Terrence Mann of the L.A. Clippers played a game of a lifetime. I I don't know if we see Terrence man ever do this again in a playoff game. I wonder if he'll ever do it in a regular season game. This was not only his career high in a playoff game, it was his career high in the NBA. It was his career high ever in college and I wonder if he even ever scored 39 points in high school. Terrence Mann, a second-year player, comes out and absolutely rips out the Jazz's heart, holds it in his palm of his hand, and shows it to him while it's beating.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just absolutely unreal. And it's just one of those things that adds to the frustration sometimes of being a Jazz fan because obviously the Jazz had an outstanding season, got a lot of recognition from the league, a lot of recognition from the media and other players in the league as well. Um, and so you, you do start to get excited. But at the same time, you, you do pick up on the unlucky moments that the Jazz have to go through. And one of them is when these not unheard of players, but these players that you wouldn't expect to just have like outstanding games, just step up to the plate and just really make an impact. And, and Terrence Mann was one of them. And and it, it's just a, it's just a tricky situation because, you know, what are you supposed to do from a player's perspective, from a coaching perspective? Um, obviously as viewers and, and fans, you start to nitpick little things and you become a little critical, like, Oh, we, we could have done this better. We could have done that better. Um, one of the things for sure was, was trying to play defense against Terrence Mann. Once he started getting hot, you know, he had that corner that he would just always go to and, and, and scored a a number of his threes from, uh, jazz were playing zone defense, Rudy Gobert had him in the corner of his eye, but also couldn't step outside of the paint too much because he didn't want to risk, you know? Someone kicking it back in and driving in on him. So, what do you think the Jazz could have done? I guess to uh, to minimize his impact on the game, if anything.
0: There, there'll be a lot of questions about tonight, and that question is going to loom large. You're already starting to see on some of the social media posts, some of the post game on ESPN and other media outlets talking about: Do you take Rudy Gobert off the floor? put a quicker player in the middle so that they can get to the three point shooters or get to a terrence man who is just making shots from all over the court i i think hindsight is 2020 20 in any sport and definitely it will be tonight you ran into a team that just was lights out in the second half. You could say the same thing about the Utah Jazz. If you're a Clippers fan and you're watching what Jordan Clarkson's doing to you in the first half, it's the same thing. So it was a tale of two halves. Jazz were frustrating the Clippers in the first half and the Clippers just came out in the second half and gave it to the Jazz, what the Jazz had given to them in the first half. The first two or three minutes of the second half were actually the game, even though the Jazz still went up by 21 for a little bit with six to six or seven minutes left in the third quarter. Mike Conley not at full potential, turning the ball over. Donovan Mitchell turning the ball over. The snowball picked up a little bit of snow at the top of the mountain and then just became an absolute avalanche. So listen, the Clippers. One of the statistics and points for the Clippers is Reggie Jackson, who had 27 points. To me, they were a quiet 27 points when they were happening, but they were allowed 27 points at the end of the game. And it was just incredible how... They shot 75%, probably 73, 74, but I'll round it up to 75. The Clippers shot 75% from three points in the second half. That is an unheard of number. So what could the Jazz have done? I'm sure there'll be many things about should Ingles have been in, should Gobert have been off the floor, should we have gone smaller, should we have chased the three-point shooter. The reality is the Clippers just beat the Jazz. Flat out beat them. I don't know if changing the rotation or changing the players would have made a difference. The Clippers just were that good.
1: Yeah, that, that's so true. That's a couple of interesting points you made there. You know, just a couple of minutes into the second half really dictated the the rest of the game. And basketball really is a game of momentum and a game of runs. And we just enabled the Clippers to to go on one of those runs and and then another one at the end of the game to just to just close it out. And uh, yeah, 75%, 75% from the, uh, from the three Quinn Snyder was talking about that in his post-game interview and commenting on how, like you said, every player was making shots, you know? And so I'm sure from, from his perspective as a coach, um, it was, it was, it was probably stressful for him to make those decisions. Could he have made other decisions that would um, that would change the outcome of some of those players potentially, but, you know, who's to say, especially in the heat of the moment when, when everything's going down. Um, and so you did talk about a couple of different things. You know, Conley was back on the court tonight, which uh, minimized the amount of playing time that Clarkson had. Uh, Clarkson really came in strong, you know, end of the second quarter, I believe, or right at, you know, start of the second half, just knocked down a ton of shots, which really put the Jazz ahead. So I guess one of my questions to you would be, was it, you know, it's, it's a tough thing because when you have one of your star players out for a little bit and then someone else is getting in the rotation, like Clarkson, they develop a rhythm, they develop a little bit of chemistry. And so you almost don't want to mess with that, but obviously Conley healthy again, gets back on the court and plays okay. But would it have been better if, you know, Conley wasn't in the mix this game?
0: You know, Conley's presence was a calming influence in the first half, regardless of how well he played he still brought a calmness to the team, and I think that gave the team the advantage they needed in the first half. His contributions didn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, but his presence made a difference. In the start of the second half, you could tell he wasn't right. The turnovers hurt. The momentum started. You can question should he have been on the, on the floor to finish the game, should you have left Clarkson in, However, you kind of go with what got you there. And I'm not so sure he hurt us that much. Clarkson actually played 26 minutes tonight, which is average. He didn't score, I don't think, in the whole second half. If he did, I don't remember it. And that hurt. So no one was getting the shots. Let's be real. The second half score was 81 to 47. 81-47 to 47 they outscored us by 34 points so you can we were up by 22 at halftime they ended the game up 34 in the second half that stat alone is crazy the clippers um when you look at their team and what they did tonight paul george another sensational game 28 points nine rebounds seven assists 10 from 24 for the field Nicholas Batum, 16.7 rebounds, two assists, six for nine, four from six from three. Reggie Jackson, 10 of 16 from the field, 27 points, 10 assists. Terrence Mann, 15 for 21. Do you know how hard it is to make 15 of 21 shots? Not six of nine, not eight of 10, not 10 of 15, 15 of 21. At some point, You've got to go out and stop him when he was scoring eight points, 10 points, 12 points. And the problem was what could you do? Because Rudy couldn't chase him out to the three-point line. But there was a little less lack of urgency to go shut him down. So the Clippers, again, just do go on a tremendous run and uh, shoot 75% from three in the second half. Finish the game shooting 56% and 51% from three. Here's an interesting stat. The Jazz were 21 of 44 from three. That's 48%. I don't know all season long if the Jazz have shot 48% from three, making 21 three pointers and lost. And here's the other statistic the Jazz under Quinn Snyder with a 25 point lead were 94 and one in his seven years of coaching. They were 94 and one, 94 and one. That is a 90 90- For ninety three percent win when you're up by twenty five and they lost. Now they're ninety four and two. Just heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely that definitely goes on the list of of things that Jazz share frustration about. You know, it's like how do we have that stat, the ninety four and one stat of of uh, winning games where we have that lead and then we, you know, in the playoff game we we lose that stat. It's just disheartening. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a couple of things you said that are interesting, you know, about, you know, go on defense, trying to, trying to get out to the perimeter and make defensive stops offensively too. I think that Gobert was, it, it seemed like the Clippers really watched some film, developed a strategy on how to play defense against our offense and, and really shut Gobert down. Um, another thing too is, uh, are our, our free throws. Um, I know statistically there might not be like a huge, you know, screaming impact that, that, that those show, but just from an emotional standpoint and a momentum standpoint, there were some key free throws missed by some key players uh, for the Jazz that that could have helped us regain some of that momentum if we had made them.
0: Yeah, you used the word, I, I don't know if I heard it correctly, but emotional, I, I think it was emotional both ways. Those free throws that were missed we're almost emotional free throws. Like I cannot believe this is happening. They'd step up to the line and they go, I cannot believe that I'm in a situation where I need to make these free throws. We were just up 25 points. And that goes through your mind and Mitchell misses a free throw and then Gobert misses a free throw. They, they didn't have an impact on the score of the game, but you're right. Emotionally they, they did to a degree. What's lost in all of this is a gutty gritty performance By our superstar Donovan Mitchell. 40 minutes, 39 points, nine rebounds, and nine assists. He's one rebound and one assist away from a triple double. You got to give it to Mitch for putting it all out there. He made some incredible threes that extended the lead in the first half and held the lead in the third quarter. But he just couldn't, we just couldn't stop him on defense. I don't know what our defensive rating will be tonight. But for all those listeners, in the last four games, which we lost four in a row, we had our number one worst defensive game of the season, our number three worst defensive of the season, and our number five defense worst defensive game of the season. Three of your top five come in the playoffs. And I would imagine if you look at our defensive game and our defensive rating tonight, this might have been number one or number two. So you're going to end the season with four of your top five worst defensive games of the season four of the top five in your last four games. Again, the jazz had not lost four in a row all season and uh, they hadn't really lost three in a row dating back to February of 2020. So just a devastating loss. I think when I look at one individual where stats stand out, this doesn't, I'm not saying this player lost the game for us, but Joe Ingles played, only 18 minutes. So Conley's minutes took away from Ingles minutes and he only had five points on only four shots. You're not going to win too many games when Joe Ingles, who's one of the greatest three-point shooters of the season, only puts up four shots and goes one of three from three.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And those ones too, for me, are are emotional misses as well because when he lines up to shoot a three, you have high expectations for that ball to just go in. And, and when it doesn't, it just, yeah, it just totally has an impact on the, on the momentum of the game. Um, but definitely hats off to Mitchell hats off to the the whole jazz team this season. Um, I mean, this was, this was kind of like the dream team uh, that we, that we've been looking for for a while and uh, it all came together. Uh, unfortunately didn't end the way that we wanted it to, but what do you think, uh, what do you think the next steps are? What, what's going through some of these players' minds right now, Quinn's mind right now, is, as they're
0: leaving the locker room and, uh, and heading back home? You know, they gave it everything they had, uh, banged and bruised and beat up. Um, Conley was not himself, albeit he had a calming influence to a degree, as I stated earlier. Mitchell clearly was in a lot of pain but played as hard as he could. Gobert took a hard fall early in the game on a pump thing from Terrace Man. I think it hurt him. We're not hearing much about it. The announcers on ESPN didn't talk about it. But if you go back and look at that fall, he fell hard on his hip. And I wonder if it hindered him for the rest of the game. So the answer to your question, I I think there's a lot of pain physically. There's clearly emotional pain. Um, We might have just seen Mike Conley play his last game in a jazz uniform. He'll ask for a lot of money in the off season. He deserves it to a degree. We don't have the cap space to retain him. We've got a little bit of a challenge uh, favor favors did what he was asked to do during the season, but we have two more years on his contract, which limits us to go out and spend good money on another player. Bogey didn't necessarily have a great game tonight. Uh, You can't put the whole season on just one game, but you wonder what the jazz will do. This is the team that really you have for next year, minus Conley. And you're going to go have to fill that hole with a, a a marginal player. Maybe Ryan Smith breaks the bank and signs Conley again. Maybe he doesn't Uh, are, we have to go and find a player that can put us over the edge. When you go back to the greatest jazz teams of all time, What people forget is that Jeff Hornet, not that they forget, but Jeff Hornacek was a key piece to that puzzle. I mean, you had Stockton, you had Malone, but then you had Jeff Hornacek, who during those years with the Jazz, the two, three, four years that they were contenders, was one of the best players in the NBA and didn't get an all-star nod, won a three-point shooting championship at the all-star game. But he was one of the best. And so the Jazz need a third guy to do it. Jordan Clarkson was great tonight. I, I don't know if you do much more of this team. They ran into a, 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 a you, The motor on that saw from the Clippers started in the first two games that they lost and then just never shut off for four straight games. So not sure if I can answer the question on what they do. Um, I'm, I'm not a prognosticator. I don't necessarily go out and say, oh, you should do this, you should do that, you should go get this player, you need to get that. We're – an hour after an emotional loss. I think those things start to unfold over the next 30 days. They're, this is a team that was 52 and 20, the best record in the NBA. I don't know how much you go change it unless you, you can't get Conley back. Then you just got to find somebody to, to plug that hole and maybe be a little bit better.
1: Yeah. And those are great points. Um, totally agree. And I think uh, the good news is the players that are staying have such a great chemistry and they all are leaders in one way or another. And so, Whatever happens, they're going to integrate, you know, the the team to the best way possible and and come out with a fighting spirit. So it'll be exciting to see what happens in the offseason, um, some of the things they address. Uh, also, as you mentioned, hopefully everyone recovers physically uh, sooner than later. That fall by Gobert was pretty heavy. Uh, I think we forget how tall he is. And so, you know, on camera, it doesn't look like he was he was uh, taken too hard of a fall. But that that dude was like 10 feet up, like up in the air. Yeah. And slammed pretty hard. Uh, Mitchell also had like a couple slips here and there, and you could tell he was concerned about his ankle. I don't know if he really injured it again during the game in, in a small way, or if he was just concerned that he would, because mentally, that's a tough place to be in when you're, you're trying to be cautious. And it's pretty incredible that he was able to play the way that he did and, and, and get those stats with, with that on his mind and, and also playing through the physical pain. Uh, Gobert also took, you, you saw he had a couple uh, hard hits from some of the other players. And I think he was just frustrated all around, but yeah. So a lot of, a lot of interesting things happening in the league. This has been a great season so far for NBA basketball. Yeah. Um, wish that the jazz could keep being a part of it as, as, as it comes to a, a close, but, um, yeah. So I don't know if you want to talk about some, some of the other things going on in the league right now, or, uh, I guess we can bounce back and forth between this, this past game, the jazz, and maybe some of the other teams, uh, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. I'll just take three minutes and talk about another game tonight, uh, between the Hawks and the Sixers. Uh, the, the Sixers win in Atlanta, they extend that series to a game seven. No sweeter words have been said in the world of sports other than game seven, the two Eastern, uh, conference semifinals are now going to a game seven, Brooklyn and Milwaukee and Philadelphia and Atlanta, Tonight's game was pretty incredible uh, by the 76ers to hang in there and get a win on the road and force that game seven. Um, One stat that sticks out just because it's a frustrating night for jazz fans is this and uh, um, Ben Simmons for the Sixers had six points, nine rebounds and five assists in 25 minutes. We talk a lot about Ben Simmons being the rookie of the year. And was he really a rookie when he won rookie of the year against Donovan Mitchell We hear Ben Simmons talk about, I'm the best defensive player in the league. We hear Ben Simmons put his chest out there and say how great he is. You don't go into a playoff game and score six points, nine rebounds and five assists in 25 minutes. So while the Sixers won and while they could go on and win this series now at home and get to the Eastern conference finals, I just, I I don't understand how you could be proud of a, of a player like Ben Simmons. Uh, And the reason why I'm kind of throwing it down on Ben is because he throws it back at everybody else. So that's one thing that I saw in that series, but you got to give credit to Joel Embiid 22 points, 13 rebounds tonight. And then uh, Seth Curry with 24 points as well. And Tobias Harris had a game of a game with 24 points on the Hawks side. um, Trey young had 34 points, five rebounds and 12 assists. This kid has just made a name for himself. In the league and yet really putting an exclamation point on it um, as he moves through these playoff series, uh, really getting his team past the Knicks in the first round and now sending this series, which no one really predicted uh, to a seven game series with Philly and the Hawks. The other series, which we'll see end tomorrow will be the Bucks and the Nets. Uh, Kyrie Irving will not be playing in game seven James Harden is is limited but he will play Kevin Durant will come out and play I've got to give a little bit of an edge to the Nets because they're at home and they have you know some of the greatest players to ever step on the court but never count out Giannis so that'll be a fun game to watch uh there and um so that's what we have about Eastern Conference swinging back to uh to the Jazz uh just a heartbreak um, don't know if you have any final thoughts on the Jazz tonight stock before we wrap it up.
1: No, I think uh, I'm I'm sad, I'm frustrated, but I'm also proud that they they made it this far. Definitely progress from the years past. Um, so it's it's kind of a waiting game for Jazz fans. You know, we we're we're close. We're we're heading in the right direction if you look at it from a long term perspective. So I guess we we just have to keep our heads up. Um, which isn't easy. There's a lot of things to be frustrated about, but it, it is kind of nice as you mentioned to see someone like Ben Simmons not perform. I guess like you don't ever wish bad on anybody, but um, you know, you do take those stats from Mitchell and compare them to, right. to, to Simmons and it's there's definitely a contrast. but um, I, I'm and, sure
0: I'm sure Simmons will get his. I, I, my, my point is you're right, comparing the two. No. There is no comparison. Yeah. Uh, in these, in these playoffs, I'm sure Simmons will go on and have a hall of fame career. The guy's built right. He's quick. Yeah. He sets good picks. He gets triple doubles. He's on a great team. Um, so I'm not throwing that much shade at him. Just, right, you know, right. we have to go back in time and say who really is the better player. And the one that's, that stepped up uh, uh, is, has, has been Mitchell versus versus Simmons.
1: Yeah. And all in all uh jazz, Definitely hope for the future. Um, excited to see what they do in the offseason. Excited yes. to see how they step up to the plate in the in the season to come. Um, so yeah, that that's my perspective. It's uh, it's been it's been fun talking with you tonight. Um, I don't know if you have any uh, any updates on on the future of the podcast as we head into the off season or if uh, that's still to be determined. But.
0: Yeah. So, so a couple of things, uh, it's been great having you on. Um, it, it's been a long time coming tonight. We really miss Spencer. I meant to say at the top of this, uh, of the podcast, what uh, a, what, a, what a heartbreak for Spencer, who, who's actually off the grid. He's been off the grid for two days without any connection. And I'm sure when he fires up his phone or Looks uh, as he's off the grid technologically, he'll be heartbroken and we miss him tonight on this podcast as he's been the anchor um, during the first uh, run of these series. So we'll continue to do the podcast. Not sure what our next one will be. I would imagine the next three or four days as we bounce around the first game of the conference finals. Um, I, I do want to say Kenny Smith throughout the season on TNT has made a comment. Um, I'm not sure if I've believed it, but it has some merit to it. Now people were saying, Oh, the jazz can go to the NBA finals. The jazz can win it. The jazz can go to the NBA finals. They can win it. And he reminded the listener and the viewer, they really hadn't been through a playoff run. They they'd been first round a little bit in the second round, first round, first round. And he's right now, now, the Jazz have tasted bitter defeat in a first round last year, being up 3 1 against Denver, and even more bitter taste being up 2 0 against the Clippers and going out the way they went out. Each step is making Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and the rest of the Jazz fans better. So now you've got a vision next year to say first round, check, second round, check, third round, and conference finals. Here I come. So I, I can only hang my hat on that. The one thing that knocks that comment about battle tested in the playoffs are the Phoenix suns who didn't even make the playoffs last year. And now are in the Western conference finals and waiting for the Clippers. And quite frankly, if Chris Paul plays, which he will in this series, whether he sits one game or not, this is going to be a mammoth series between these teams. And hopefully Kawhi Leonard gets healthy because you'll want to see a full tilt, healthy team from the Clippers and the Suns. It's going to be a heck of a Western conference finals.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Well said for sure. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been great talking about some of these things. Um, That's it for me really, as far as commentary goes.
0: All right. Thanks doc. So good to chat with you tonight. We miss Spencer and hats off to Sam. Who's, you know, having a tough one tonight. We all are as jazz fans, but always enjoy these conversations and jazz fans hold your head high. Great season, tough loss. We'll be back. And uh, now we know what it feels like. We're going to get there and uh, climb this mountain as next season starts. So thanks, Doc.
1: Thanks. Go, Jazz. Thanks, Pops. All right.
0: See you. Bye.